Once upon a time. Welcome to a new episode of Discover Oral Teaching. In the last episode, it was all about stories, how to learn, choose, prepare, tell and discuss them. And it makes sense since stories is the main communication form for oral learners. But maybe you remember that they also learn very well from examples and role models. So these can be people they know personally, but it can also be people from the past or people they don't know but live right now. As long as they really lived and breathed. So not invented personalities, but characters and people who lived. Well, the Bible gives us lots and lots of people. And for believers, the biographies of Bible characters have even a higher authority. When I say Bible characters, some might think, oh, Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Paul, Peter. And they are certainly people from the Bible and their lives fill several chapters. But because their lives are so well told and complex, these biographies are sometimes quite difficult to use. My experience is that the shorter and less well-known characters are more interesting for teaching, discipling and counseling. Because they are less complex, often deal only with one issue, and since they are not the great heroes, we identify much easier with them and their life stories. People who struggle with similar issues and challenges can become a huge encouragement, help and role model for us. So before I start to share some ways how to prepare a biography, I want to give some examples. I let some small characters speak for themselves. Hi, I'm Nicodemus. Well, if you ever heard of me, you probably know me as the guy who sneaked to Jesus in the middle of the night in order to ask him questions. Many people said that I visited Jesus at night because I was too afraid to go in broad daylight. But honestly, the Bible says nothing about that at all. You know, maybe I was just too busy during the day. I was a member of the Sanhedrin after all. Maybe Jesus was too busy. He was very popular. Or maybe it was just too hot to meet and have a proper conversation. Anyhow, I went to Jesus because I had heard a lot of him and sincerely wanted to know who he was. Most of what he told me that night I did not understand and his answers gave me much to think for the next weeks and months. But the longer I thought about it, the more I realized that there was much wisdom and truth in the words of Jesus. Therefore, when the high priest and other members of the Sanhedrin wanted to arrest Jesus without even questioning him, I stood up and defended him. Well, defending might be too big of a word, but I reminded my colleagues that our law required a different procedure. I had chosen Jesus' side against the most powerful men of Jewish society. As courageous as it may sound, it didn't help. They still arrested and killed him. That were difficult days for me, because I felt that I had to make a decision. To stay an influential and honored spiritual leader and agree to things I thought were wrong, or 
to follow Jesus, who told me already three years ago that being his disciple meant to be born again. Well, I decided to follow Jesus. I buried him together with Joseph of Arimathea, and with that became unclean and unfit to participate in the Passover celebration. Of course, people noticed my absence, a member of the Sanhedrin missing, but they would have found out anyway, because my work, my position, my reputation, I lost it all by following Jesus. Don't believe the people who say that only poor and sick and needy people follow Jesus. I took my time to make a decision, but when I took it, I had it thought through and knew what I was doing. Everyone who knows Christmas knows me. I'm Mary, the mother of Jesus. Most people think that I'm a super calm and holy person who constantly is full of faith and trust. To be honest, nothing of that is written in the Bible. On the contrary, if you pay attention, you will find out that God didn't give me an easy life. That I got pregnant without a husband, most people know. But afterwards, we had to flee to Egypt. Later, 12-year-old Jesus just disappeared for three days in a city with thousands of people in it. Again, several years later, Jesus just left our house and his work to travel the country and preach. Do you think it was easy to hear how Jesus treated the Pharisees? That he hung out with tax collectors and prostitutes? He even touched highly contagious people. Of course I was proud, and I did keep everything in my heart. But the moment when Jesus asked the people around him who his mother was, and answered himself that everyone who did the will of his father was his mother, brother and sister, well, at that moment I did not stay calm and friendly. I was deeply hurt. What I suffered during the hours of Jesus' arrest and how it felt to watch him die. Only someone can fathom who has lost a child. Yes, Jesus did rise from the dead, but honestly, he also left the earth shortly after. He does not sit at the table in my house and praise my food anymore. I do understand most of his life by now, and I do attend the church in Jerusalem, but God did not give me an easy life even though I agree now that it was worth all the pain. I'm not sure if you know me. My brother, yes, but me? I'm Eliab, David's oldest brother. There are six more brothers in between us. We did fight quite a bit, like brothers do. But to be honest, in the beginning, I hardly noticed him. It was all about me. I was good-looking, well-built, good prospect is the oldest regarding the inheritance. Sometimes we forgot David, who was often out with the sheep. But that all changed when Samuel came and anointed David as the future king of Israel. It was unbelievable, and I was really furious. If our relationship ever had a chance, it was over after that. He annoyed me whenever I saw him. So when he dared to look for us on the battlefield, and later killed Goliath, I really had it. Even though now, after all these years, I have to admit that he did not come to show up, 
He just had a deeper awe and faith in God than any one of us. And to be honest, when I saw year after year how much David had to go through in order to finally become the king, my envy had disappeared and I was actually quite glad that it had not been me. This is not a fact, has not been written in the Bible, but what is written is that many years later, I gave my daughter to David's son, and we did talk to each other, and we did have a tie as brothers and as fathers-in-law. You can't say much against that. I'd be surprised if anyone's ever heard of me. I'm Rhonda. Does a bell ring? Well, I have to admit, the Bible doesn't say much about me. But I am mentioned by name, and that does show God sees every single one of his children, not just the famous men who fill the history books. I was a servant at Mary's house. No, not the mother of Jesus, but Barnabas's aunt. Many from the church in Jerusalem met at her house. I've seen them all. Barnabas, Peter, Paul, Mary Magdalene. Anyway, the reason why I'm mentioned in the Bible is because there was a prayer meeting when we fiercely prayed for Peter and James's release from prison. James was executed. But Peter suddenly stood in front of the door. I recognised his voice immediately. I was so, so excited and full of joy that I forgot to open the door and just ran back into the room and told them all. I should have opened the door and brought Peter in because they didn't believe a word I said. But it really was him. So, whenever someone tries to tell me that prayer is only imagination or doesn't work, well, I just laugh because now I've seen much better. I hope you got an idea with this example that mostly unknown people can actually offer interesting aspects for life. So now the theory how to prepare and work on a biblical biography. First, you have to choose a character. And my advice Choose a small one first. Then if you get some experiences, you can also have bigger and bigger ones. How you can find and discover minor characters and make them to main characters will be the topic for the next episode. If you want to look at one character and their biographies, it helps when you choose a character who has a name. And when you found one, a character who has a name, you type this name in to the concordance or you look it up and then you see a list of bible verses and then of course you look at all of these bible verses two things you have to pay attention to one is that some names come up more often it's not just one person so pay attention if these characters or these verses are actually all referring to the same person for example there are 12 simons so a Bible dictionary can help you to figure out how many people are there with this name and what belongs to whom. And then you read all these verses and it might be that you have to read other Bible passages as well, which are connected with a person, even though the person is not mentioned. For example, if you look up Timothy, you would also have to read Paul's second mission trip because Timothy accompanied him. And then it's all about Paul, but he was there as well. Even though Timothy is not mentioned, he did experience all these events as well. Then you read all these passages that are connected with this person. And while you're doing it, you can take notes and pay attention to descriptions about 
the outward appearance. Sometimes the Bible says that, like Eliab, he was a good-looking and well-built person. Sometimes, you know, a person was short. Sometimes, no, they were a cripple or they were very fancy clothes. So pay attention to the outward appearance. You can also pay attention to the character. What is said about the character of that person? Sometimes it is written down explicitly, so that's easy. But often character is revealed by what a person says, does or decides and can draw applications and interpretations about the character. The same with faith. Also faith is often revealed by words, by deeds and by decisions. So by looking what the person says, does and decides, you can see what is the character and also the faith of the person. You then take all the different information you have and you try to find the right order of events. What is the timeline, the life timeline of that person? And sometimes that's not as easy as you think. For example, Timothy is mentioned in 12 books of the New Testament. And then you have to find out what happened first, when was that letter written, when were they in Rome or in Corinth or whatever. When you have finished that, it might be helpful to get some background information about certain places or professions or also cultural backgrounds. Because some places are more meaningful or where is it actually placed or how far were these places away from each other. With professions, it would be very helpful to know what was a tax collector in the times of Jesus and also the Pharisees or a temple priest. What is the background of your character and your person? Also cultural backgrounds, if you talk about lepers or women or foreigners, Samaritans, all this. It helps to get an idea about your person. Then think about the events you know of and what might be events that are not mentioned but must have happened. If we look at the life of Jesus, for example, we don't know anything in the time when he was 12 and 30. But of course, in that time, a lot of things have happened. You can also read commentaries and other sources to find out more about the person but keep in mind that these comments are personal opinions of the authors and then you look at what you found out you look at what is all there you know about the person and you look what are themes that are connected with that person's life and that might be themes that are relevant for the your hearers or the people you want to disciple people you might have for counseling and when you found a theme you have to choose the format in which you want to pass on that information. That can be you just tell it. It can also be that you choose to do a drama. You can also write a song about it. You can have some poetry slam. You can make a quiz. You can make a game out of it. You can give the verses to your students and they have to find all these things by themselves. Choose a format that works for you and for your audience or the people you work with and then Try to find a form that works for you and actually really passes on the information well. For those who want to see an example how you can do biographies in a drama, you can go on YouTube and watch a drama I did about Peter. Go on YouTube, type in my name, Birte Papenhausen, and then Peter 
and John Mark, and then it should come up. Okay, I hope you get excited about this method. It is actually already enriching to do this for yourself, even if you do not have any lesson or Bible study in mind. And building up a repertoire of characters you have studied is actually very helpful in case you are in a situation in which having a biography as an example would be just it. Sometimes you have to work first and then you have a repertoire and that when you need it, it's there. A last thought, of course, using biographies as a role model is not limited to biblical characters. You can also use other people's life as well. It just sometimes takes more time and it's not as easy to get all the different information. I also want to recommend a book. It is quite thick. It's also quite expensive, but I think it is very good. It's called Character Studies in the Fourth Gospel, Narrative Approaches to 70 Figures in John. It is edited by Stephen A. Hunt. D. Francois Tolmy and Ruben Zimmermann, and it's published by Erdmann Publishing Company. So, think about a person you want to study and apply what you learned today, and as always, have fun. Mm-hmm.